Welcome to the Bayshore Podcast. As listeners each week, whether through iTunes or through the church app, you're part of our church family. We would love for you to share stories of how Bayshore is impacting your life by sending us an email at amen at bayshorecc.org. As always, you can find all kinds of information and content on our website, bayshorecc.org. There's also our church app, which you could download by going to bayshorecc.org slash app. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we hope that today's message is a blessing to you. You, but that just messes me up. Baptism party. Uh, what you just saw there are pictures from a couple weeks ago where our Rehoboth campus had a baptism party. And uh, so next week we're doing that here. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to get baptized, we want to celebrate that with you. Uh, there is nothing more that, that we will get pumped up about here at Bayshore than watching people uh, go public for Jesus and put on the jersey uh, of Team Jesus. And so that's what baptism is all about. So be sure if that's you, man, we want to celebrate that with you next week. Sign up, Information Center on the website, church app, grab somebody, grab me. It doesn't matter. Uh, We want to celebrate that with you next week. Well, uh, welcome again to everybody who's here. Uh, What an amazing time of worship. And just want to welcome uh, all of our Facebook Live people who are watching online or whether you're joining us uh, on a replay somewhere. We're grateful for you, grateful for everybody, all of our first-time guests here. And um, I believe that if it's your first time here, that there is no better Sunday for you to be here than today. We're going to be talking about some things. Over the past four weeks, uh, Pastor Danny's been teaching on uh, uh, to the core, what our, our core values are. And uh, so um, this week we're going to continue in that. Uh, but maybe, uh, you know, the first place to start is maybe some of you saw on the way in that big blue wall, that new uh, uh, wall out there where we're proclaiming our mission as a church. Our mission as a church is to connect to God, to connect to others, and to serve the community. And so to do that, what we've been talking about over the past four weeks is our core values. And it's those values that we have that help drive us and help keep us on target from hitting that mission and that vision that we have as Bayshore Community Church. And so some of the core values that Pastor Dean's been talking about here uh, over the four weeks are our commitment to small groups. Um, You know, we believe here that church and life and being a Christian doesn't just happen here on Sundays, right? That it's it's about getting a group of people that you do life with, that you walk with, and, and that we believe that you experience Jesus in other people when you go through things together, when someone's there for you in a time of need, or when you're there for somebody else in a time of need, and you go through life together, and that's how we experience what Christianity is all about. So uh, we're committed to small groups here at Bayshore. Second week, he talked about our commitment to financial stewardship. Uh, You know, as an organization, uh, we're committed to making sure that we're using the resources that God has given us to the best of our ability to honor the kingdom of God and to do and to, to have his will be done through us in our communities. And so we're gonna steward over our finances. We're committed to that. We also believe in the blessing That is ours when we are generous. When we give generously, there's an upside down sort of uh, economy that God has that it doesn't make sense sometimes, but, but we're blessed to be givers. And when we're generous, we receive generosity. And, and so we believe strongly in that. And it's through your continued support, your financial stewardship, that everything that happens here at Bayshore Community Church can happen. 
It's through you. And so we believe strongly in financial stewardship. Uh, the third thing Pastor Danny talked about was our commitment to the scriptures. Our commitment to the scriptures in a day and an age where uh, society will tell you that it's okay for you to have your own truth, to come up with your own version of what the truth is. We believe in the authority of the Bible. And we are going to teach the scriptures in all of its truth in a loving way. And we will always be a place that people with questions and doubts can come and be, but we are committed to the scriptures. Number three, last week, finally, Pastor Danny talked about our commitment to baptism, which you just saw on display, which you will see again next week. We are committed uh, to, uh, to baptism. And as we move into this week's topic, uh, I feel like, honestly, this is one of the most important discussions we may ever have together. Now, as we are ending and rounding out this series about what it is that our core values are, and we begin to look forward into what God has for Bayshore Community Church, this is possibly one of the most important discussions we will ever have. Because I believe this morning that there is one thing, one thing that could change everything for somebody. There's one thing that could change everything for somebody. And if you're here uh, today for the first time, I don't believe there's a better Sunday that you could be here because you're really going to get to see what we're all about here at Bayshore. Um, so to start today, I want to share with you something that from time to time we as a staff will discuss, something from time to time that we'll, we'll ask ourselves to make sure that we're on the right track because it really uh, uh, helps align us with our values and with our mission. And we'll ask ourselves this question, if Bayshore Community Church closed its doors, would the community even know it? Would they even know it? Would we be missed as a church? Would they feel like they lost something? Would the community feel like there's a loss? Were they thankful for Bayshore being there in the first place. And so today, as we begin, I want us to zero in on that question. And I want to ask it of all of us, individually, as an organization, as a church in multiple locations in Millsboro and Rehoboth, I want to ask us this question. What would we like, what would we like people in our community to thank us for? What would we want them to be thankful for? What would we want them to, to appreciate and be grateful for that we're in their community? And so for maybe some of you, that seems like a bit of an arrogant question. Like, what could we do that's so great that would, would the community would want to be thankful for us, right? What could we possibly do that's so great? But I don't really think that's an arrogant question. I mean, I want um, uh, the church to have impact in the community that's positive. And maybe even in your own life, these are questions we should be asking of ourselves, right? What can we do that at the end of our days that people would line up and thank us for? What do we want to be remembered for? Did we have a positive impact on the community around us? And, you know, for me, uh, maybe you know this or maybe you don't know this, but I believe that, that we as a church are actually stewards of an extraordinary influence. Stewards of an extraordinary influence and an unprecedented opportunity. An unprecedented opportunity. We as a multi-campus church in Millsboro and Rehoboth in Lower Delmarva, uh, we actually are stewards of an extraordinary influence, an unprecedented opportunity, which we'll talk about here shortly. But, you know, uh, maybe you know this, maybe you don't know this, but, but Bayshore is not 
an average church. If you've taken the time to visit other churches in the area, Bayshore is not like many of the other churches in the area. Matter of fact, uh, I've been at Bayshore on staff for about four years now. And prior to that, I had been in ministry uh, throughout this region for about 20 years. So I had the luxury of working in ministry and watching as Bayshore was a leader in our community that they were an influencer and somebody who impacted other churches around them because they, of their leadership and what they were doing. Uh, Bayshore was one of the first churches in the area, maybe you don't know this, but may, they were one of the first churches in the area to have a multi-site uh, uh, strategy where we had two locations under one church, and that's our Rehoboth campus. And other churches are starting to do that now, but Bayshore led the way in that years before anybody else was doing that. And so, so we have extraordinary influence in that way. Um, you know, our day school is another area that Bayshore led the way in. Many churches have tried day schools in the past, but Bayshore was able to be successful and, and is now the standard of excellence in, in uh, uh, preschool uh, in the region. And we serve around 120 kids and their families in excellence every day of the week. And so Bayshore has extraordinary influence in our, uh, our region. And other churches look to Bayshore for leadership and for help in many areas. And, uh, you know, uh, that is possible, uh, quite frankly, because of all of you. Because of your commitment and what you've done and your uh, uh, consistent giving and your consistent attendance and, and all of those things. It's because of you that that happens and through your small groups and through you serving on Sunday and, and you are why we're able to have the influence and the impact that we do. Um, and so for us, when we look at that and we, we see the influence that we have and we, we acknowledge this extraordinary uh, influence that we have, I mean, that's success to us. That's a win in our book because uh, from the early days, this was Pastor Danny's heart to be a church of influence in the region. And so for him and for, for the staff and for the mission of the church, we have wanted to create a church that served as a new model for churches. To not just do church the way it's always been done, to not just uh, uh, stick with all of the old ways of doing things, but to be a church that serves as a new model. And more specifically, we want it to be a church where unchurched people love to attend. Where unchurched people loved to attend. We want to be a church where people who were far from God felt comfortable to come to our church with you and with their questions and with all of their doubts or their reservations, but they could come and they could be comfortable and they could leave and maybe they would say something like this. Maybe they would say, I may not believe all of that or understand it all, but that was helpful. Maybe they leave and they say, I'm not sure I believe it all, but those are some of the finest people in our community. They may not believe it all, but man, I'm so glad that my kids are involved at that church. They might say, I'm not sure I believe in it, but man, that answered some questions. I might not believe all of it, but I think I'll go back next time. And that's the type of church that we have sought to create, a different kind of church. And we wanted to create an environment where doubters could come and feel the freedom to express that doubt. And people with questions could get their questions answered and feel comfortable in that. And, and uh, you know, you are the reason that we have been successful in creating that type of church that you have provided for the people in our area, a model 
of doing church that is now very different than what some churches historically have been. You know, uh, through that, uh, all of that, what we've done is we've created a leadership culture here at Bayshore through what you've done and through what we've been able to do and the influence that we have in our region. And, uh, you know, for some of you, the churches that you grew up in or that I grew up in, maybe like churches uh, kind of existed in a way where they would kind of, it's like someone would be standing behind the counter, right, and just waiting for somebody to come up to the the counter before they would do anything, but, but, but leaders uh, and leadership doesn't work that right way, right? Like leaders identify problems. They see areas that need to be fixed and they go after it and they fix it. They can look into the future and they can see what could be and they do the work and they go after what needs to be fixed. And so we, uh, you, together, all of us here at Millsboro and Rehoboth, we have created a local church with a leadership culture, and that leadership culture has impacted other churches and other people in our region. We've empowered leaders. It's because you've brought your leadership, and you've been empowered leaders around you, and so uh, this leadership culture has been created. And there's also something else maybe you do or don't know that has been created along the way, but we've created a multiplication culture. Okay, and you might be thinking, well, what, what in the world does that mean, right? Like, you know, the church grows one person at a time. As one person comes, the church grows. But, but there's more than that here that's happening. Uh, there's a multiplication culture uh, that has been created. We have been able to multiply groups. So small groups are launched, uh, just launched this month. And, and when I first started four years ago, we had about 12 active small groups. When we launched this semester, there was three times that amount of small groups that were active in our congregation. And small groups are a way of multiplying our impact that that small groups develop. And it's an on-ramp for people to get connected to the church and ultimately find their way to Jesus. And so small groups are a multiplying uh, culture. And so we've been able to create that here. We've also multiplied churches that we've already mentioned. We have a a Rehoboth campus. And so now every week, everything that's happening here in Millsboro is happening at the same time in Rehoboth. And there's conversations right now that are going on in our, our leadership of whether or not Rehoboth needs to go to three services to accommodate all the people that they're reaching in their area. Yeah. And so we have multiplied our churches, and so that's a multiplication culture. We've multiplied our environments. Uh, For example, every week there are over 100 kids that will meet in our kids' facilities next door. Over 100 kids. That's not counting Rehoboth and what all goes on out there, but, but 100 kids are served over there every week. And dozens of volunteers serving to create an environment that grows and that nourishes and, and, and we're committed to serving and teaching our kids every week. And so our environments are multiplying. And so we've created this multiplying culture as well. And so these are all the ways that Bayshore is leading in our region. And it's why we have this extraordinary influence. It's not common. And while it's great, I think, to, to, to acknowledge that and to know it and to share that and to celebrate that, um, you know, that influence is precisely why that we are not going to coast. It is precisely because of that influence that we are not going to slow down. We are not going to take our foot off the gas right now. 
We're going to keep pushing and moving forward because there's more. There's more. There are more opportunities than ever before. You know that the lower, it's not news probably to any of you, but the lower shore is growing at a pretty fast rate. You can see communities going up all over the place and people from all over are moving into this area. And Bayshore is strategically positioned in the middle, right in the smack middle of all of that growth for this great opportunity. That there are more adults, there are more children, there are more middle schoolers and high schoolers out there for us to reach than ever before. And, and, and more people for us to impact for the Lord. And this is the reason that we're not going to slow down. We're not going to coast. We're not taking our, our, our foot off the pedal. Because it's not about having a big church. It's not about the number of people that are attending a church. But it's about life change in every single one of those people. And there's more opportunity than ever before. And it's because we're located right in the middle of this area of growth that there's more opportunity than ever before and that we are as passionate as we have ever been about making sure that they hear the gospel. And here's why I think that uh, Sussex County and the Lower Shore, uh, what we're talking about, that there is an unprecedented opportunity that we have right now. Um, I pulled up some, uh, some data on Sussex County, and the current population uh, as of 2019 is about 225,000 people in Sussex County. And this area is growing at a rate of 2.25% a year on average. That means in 2020, about 5,600 people, 5,600 people will be moving to our county. And the majority of that growth is around the beach communities. Let me show you a map. So here we have uh, lower Sussex uh, County here, this is Bayshore Millsboro. This is Bayshore Rehoboth here. Most of that growth is concentrated around these beach communities right here. And so Bayshore is strategically positioned right in the middle of all of that growth. God has planted us in the middle of this growth for this unprecedented opportunity. Never before has there been this many people in Sussex County living and working and going to churches and all those different things. And so God has positioned us right in the middle of that. Right in the middle of that. So what I want to do today, I just want to spend a few minutes if we can, and I want to dream together with you. I want to do a little dreaming with you about what could be and what should be and about what uh, our influence and our impact can be in our community. What could be, what should be, and what difference we can make in our community. And after we talk about that uh, for a bit, I'm going to ask uh, each of you here today to do one thing. Just one thing. And it's one thing that could change everything for somebody. It's most likely something that someone else has already done for you and something that has already impacted your life. And so if we go back to kind of our original question this morning, if we go back to that, and if you were to ask me what it is that I would want the communities around us to talk about us for or to talk about us or to thank us for, I want to break it down to three things this morning. Three things that I want our communities around us 
to thank us for. Uh, and if it was me, if I could write the script for Bayshore Community Church, that the result of everything that we did here collectively as a church, everything that we did together, that I would say that I envision a world where the church is considered an essential part of the community. The church is considered an essential part of the community. That when people find out that Bayshore Community Church, or any church for that matter, is moving into their communities, that they get excited. That they understand the value that a local church can bring to their communities. Right? That, that they understand uh, what the churches are going to do. That people would immediately think of all the good and positivity that a church brings, that a local church can bring to a community. For Bayshore, you guys are already doing this. You're already bringing positive things into the community through our food pantry, right? Our food pantry is the standard uh, uh, in our community of, of how to help those in need, right? That's why we invested so much into that space that we just built. It's because we believe in helping those who are in need and giving them a dignified experience when they need help. And that they come here and they feel loved and they feel Jesus. And you guys are doing that. And the community knows that. That's why we have the day school. And it is the standard for, for, for preschool care in our communities. And people know that and understand it. It's through the, the hundreds and hundreds of book bags that each one of you donate every year to make sure that kids in our communities know that there are people here that care for them and support them. It's because of you and your hard work, your commitment your consistent work at Bayshore Community Church that I believe if we cease to exist that our communities would feel it. They would know it. And that's a celebration that we uh, would be thanked for that. And so, you know, I envision a world where the community loves that the church, a church, is in their community. Second thing, I envision a world where people who are skeptical of what we believe are envious of how well we treat each other and amazed at how well we treat them. I'll let that sink in for just a second. People who are skeptical of what you believe are amazed at how we treat each other, envious of how we treat each other and amazed at how we treat them. This sort of love, this sort of unusual love captured the attention of the ancient, the ancient world and uh, it really set the early church apart. Uh, the, this unusual kind of love uh, got the attention of all those people uh, when the early church uh, would pick up abandoned orphans and, and take care of them, when the early church would go into areas where plague had ravaged and they would stay there at risk of their own life, at risk of their own health to help take care of people who were in need. It's this kind of unusual love that got the, ten, uh, the attention of the entire world. Entire world. And I believe it can again. Uh, it's, it is honestly the single thing that we are called to do is to love. That this sort of love should be the brand of our organization and as individuals. It should be our reputation that we love in this unusual way, that when people think of, of Christians, that they should think the finest people I've ever met. When they think of Christians, they don't think of legalism or criticism, 
But when they hear the word Christian, they say things like, I'm not sure I would ever believe what they believe. I'm not sure I believe what they believe. But man, I sure hope my daughter marries one because those Christians know how to treat a lady. I'm not sure I believe what they believe, but I sure hope I work for one or I hire as many as I can because they're the honest, most honest, hardworking people I know. And, 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 and the reality of this point is that we really shouldn't be surprised about this being such an important thing for us. We shouldn't be surprised by that because Jesus actually spoke this to his disciples near the end of his, his ministry on earth. And in John 13, 35, uh, it says this. It says, by this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That is the defining attribute of a Christian. By this, he said. By this love, this unusual love, others will know that you follow me, that you are with me. That's how they'll know. And when we get this right, when we get it right, people pay attention. And when we get it right, it paves the way for us to have influence in our communities. And when we get this right, we become attractive because of who we are and of what we do and not because of what we believe and regardless of what others think about what we believe imagine a world imagine a world where people who are skeptical of what we believe are envious of how we treat each other and amazed at how well we treat them that kind of love changed the world once and it's no mistake that jesus called us back to it he called us to it in the bible and i envision a world where the church is the center the epicenter of this sort of love where people come and they find grace, they find mercy, they find forgiveness. And number three, I envision a world where people want the message of Jesus to be true before they believe it's true. A world where the gospel is so clear that it is as compelling as it actually is. It's so clear that it is actually compelling as it is. Because when the gospel message is clear, people will want it to be true before they even believe it's true. Because who doesn't want a world where there's justice for those treated unjustly? And, you know, if there is no eternity, then there really is no justice. Uh, because there certainly isn't uh, justice for us on earth, for most of us. And, and who wouldn't want to know, wouldn't want to know that there's a God who knows their name? who loves them personally, and who has invited them to rely on him and refer and relate to him as a heavenly father. Not because he's a man, not because he's a male, or not because he's a literal father, but because the only way we as humans can, can think of this powerful being loving us and caring for us is to think of him as a father. Who doesn't want to know that there's eternal life? That there's something beyond this? And that's the gospel. And when the gospel is clear, people will want it to be true even before they believe it is true. And then when it gets cluttered or when it gets complicated, it loses its appeal. We lose our appeal. But I envision a world where people hear the gospel so clearly that they lean in and they want it to be true even before they're convinced it's true. 
You know, Jesus uh, said this in a, a verse that's easy to just kind of jump over. Uh, but in Luke 16, 16, he says this. Um, the law and the prophets were be proclaimed until John, until John the Baptist. And before John the Baptist, it was all about Moses. It was all about Israel. It was all about, you know, uh, animal sacrifice for atonement of sin and such things. And when John the Baptist came on the scene, everything changed. Jesus was there. And he said, since that time, the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God is preached. And listen to this. And everyone is forcing their way into it. Everyone wants so much to be in the kingdom of God. And so, when people understand the gospel, when they see it clearly, they lean in and they hope it's true because the gospel is compelling when it is clear. If we take these three things, and if, and if that is our contribution to the church at large, if that is our contribution uh, to our, our region and our communities, if that's our contribution to the world, then Bayshore Community Church will have left uh, the world a better place than the way we found it. And so, as for me, I don't know if you can tell this already or not, but like, as for me, and I know as the leaders of Bayshore Community Church, Pastor Dan, all of us, we are more excited and more committed than ever to inspire more people to follow Jesus. We want to inspire more and more and more people to follow Jesus. Because why not? Why not, right? Why not? Because Jesus brought the kingdom of God to earth and everyone, everyone is invited to participate in it. Now, here's what I know some of you are saying. You're like, man, that's awesome. Good for you, man. You go get them, tiger. That's great. I believe in you. Go get it. But, but. And, and, and this is why I know that, right? Because everybody's, you're busy. You're busy, right? You got stuff to do. You've got careers and businesses and jobs and everybody's busy. And then you've got kids and you're trying to have kids or you're trying to find someone to have kids with. And, and so like, we're busy. You're in school. You're trying to figure out where to go. You're trying to graduate school. You're trying to do all these things. And so I get it. You're busy. But here's what I'm going to promise you. Myself, and Pastor Danny, and Pastor Joel, and the entire staff, we're going to make sure that all of the organizational plates are spinning and we're taking care of everything uh, that's going on for the church and all, all, all the organizational stuff. But there is one thing that you can do. Matter of fact, I would say that there is one thing that you must do. There's one thing, we've said it, there's one thing that could change everything for somebody. And as I said earlier, it could be something that somebody already did for you. And it's one thing. It's not a new thing. It's actually quite an old thing. And uh, this one thing is honestly the reason why Bayshore has had the success it has, has the influence it has. It's because of this one thing that, that we exist uh, as we do. And it's really a habit. And I will go even further and say it's a keystone habit. Is anybody familiar with that term? Ever heard that term before? A keystone habit. What this is, it's a habit that uh, a behavior in our life that has a cascading effect on other areas of our life, many other areas of our life. And, and um, you know, this can be as an individual, it can be as an organization, or even as a business, you can have keystone habits. And so, for example, uh, a keystone habit would be tracking what you eat, Okay. Uh, so if you have the habit or the behavior of always tracking what you eat, 
or journaling what you eat even, uh, you will eat healthier. You will tend to eat healthier, right? And if you tend to eat healthier, you'll sleep better. If you sleep better, uh, you'll be more productive at work. If you're more productive at work, you'll probably make more money. If you make more money, you'll probably actually find somebody to have kids with, right? So it's a keystone habit. It's a, a, a habit or a behavior in our life that has a cascading effect on many other areas in a positive way. Another keystone habit would be if you have a family and children, you would uh, have dinner in your home three to four nights a week. Studies show if you have dinner as a family at home three to four nights a week, there's better communication in the family, there's better relationships long-term. Kids who do that have better grades, their higher productivity, and on and on and on. Having dinner as a family in your home is a keystone habit. And so for us here at Bayshore, we have a keystone habit that has the potential to change a lot of things. And so I want to call your attention to that this morning. I want to uh, direct you back to it because it is the one thing that every single one of us, every single one of us can do that can make all of the difference for somebody in our communities. And you may or may not have heard this term before, but what I'm going to call it today is we need the keystone habit of investing and inviting. We need to invest and invite. To invest and invite. And it's very simple. It's a very simple habit where, you know, we love our neighbors, we love our friends, we love our coworkers and all the people around us. And in the right moment, we're investing in those relationships. And in the right moment, we invite them to church. We invest in a relationship and we invite. We invest and we invite. And we're not looking at people as projects. It's not what we're talking about. People aren't projects, right? But we invite them in the same way that we would as if we were telling them about the great new restaurant that we just found, right? We invite them to our church so that they don't miss out. We don't want them to miss out. And we have amazing environments. We've already talked about what we've been able to build and create here at Millsboro. Amazing environments from our babies all the way up to us old people. All amazing environments. Who wouldn't want to be part of this? Everybody should come check this out. And I could spend the next uh, couple hours talking about all of the different environments that you've created and, and that are worth talking about. Uh, but the one I love to talk about is uh, our kids recently have been um, uh, from uh, kindergarten up through fifth grade, right? They've been learning about how to use their influence. How awesome is that? Your uh, uh, third grader is learning about how to use their influence. And what we do in our uh, program over there is they'll be learning about that. And then we send something home with parents, make it available, something called the parent queue. And what that is is a list of questions or different things that you can do in the week to reinforce what's being taught on Sunday. And so for me, as a parent, how amazing is that? Like, I, I could care less about what, what else is going on, and I don't need to even believe in the Bible or this whole Christianity thing to understand that my kid benefits from that teaching and that parent cue that gets sent home. And so why wouldn't people want their kids to be in that environment and to learn? And so when we're inviting people, we're investing in relationships and inviting them into these great environments because we don't want them to miss out. We don't want them to miss out. And so today I want to give us very quickly as, we, as we're wrapping up here, I want to give you a, a few ways to do this because I'm sure some of you are like, awesome, like I get it. I want to invest and invite. I'm with you. How do I do that? Like, and so for the next couple of minutes, I just want to give you a few practical ways that you can invest, 
and invite people into our amazing environments. The first thing is, is that, that uh, uh, there are a few phrases uh, that we have kind of keyed on so that when you hear them, you can invite people to church. And what we do, we call these the three knots, the three knots. There are three types of phrases that you'll hear over and over in the community. And when you hear them, you're simply going to say quite specifically, you're going to say, you should come to my church. You should come to my church. And it's when we hear these three knots, when they say, not in church, not going well, and not prepared for. And so you're going to hear people uh, uh, all the time. They're saying, nah, I'm not in church, right? I had a bad experience at that last church. And you're just simply going to say, well, you should come to my church. Or maybe they're going to say, you know, we moved into the area and we weren't prepared for all the chicken poop or whatever they say. I don't know, right? They're not prepared for it. And you're going to say, well, you know what? You should come to my church. Or they're going to say, you know, I've been struggling with my, my teenage kids. They're, they're really uh, uh, challenging me. I wasn't prepared to be a, a parent of a teenager. And you're going to say, you know what? You should come to my church. You should come to my church. And so you're going to hear that all the time in many different ways and forms. And you just simply look at them and say, you know what? You should come to my church. And you're asking the question in your mind right now. You're going, well, Jeremy, is, is church the answer for everything? And I would say, Maybe, maybe. Here's a better question. What is church not the answer for? What is the gospel not the answer for? Right? And so we have this opportunity to invest and invite. You know, as Christians, we are what the Bible, it speaks of it in terms that we are simple jars of clay and in us we hold the good news the gospel of jesus christ that is life to those who haven't heard it and so when we invest and we invite uh, we are giving people an opportunity to do that but we can even go a little further than that right so you've got your three knots and you're simply going to say hey you should come to my church but we're going to take this one step further and what we're going to do uh we're going to do something uh that that i've seen uh, my wife do uh, for years, and she'll do it with people she knows, people she doesn't know. But when you say, hey, you should come to my church, you're going to add on this phrase, and you're going to say, come sit with me. Come sit with me. Everybody, let's say that together. Come sit with me. You guys did it. See how easy that is? And we're not going to say, you know, like, hey, you should come to my church sometime uh, all right, I'll talk to you later. You're not going to say, hey, you should check it out later or one Sunday when you're free, you should come to it. No, uh, you're not going to say, hey, you know, maybe you should check us out online sometime. The invitation literally is come sit with me, with me, which means a couple things. Number one, it means that you actually have to be here, right? <laughs> Step one, actually come to church. And then, um, you know, you need to actually save them a seat. And then thirdly, uh, if you're serving in other areas, which many of you do on Sunday morning from time to time, you'll have to either find a replacement for yourself or talk to your leader to make sure that you can have it. But do not let that stop you from inviting somebody to come and sit with you. So let's take that one step further. Uh, because no doubt, here's what's going to happen. You're going to uh, hear the knots. You're going to say, hey, you should come to my church and come sit with me. And they're going to go, what kind of church is that? What kind of church are you? What's it like at your church? And so we want to make sure that you're equipped with some answers to that. And so when somebody asks you what type of church it is, here's all that you need to say. And very simply just say, you know how life is pretty complicated. And uh, you want to get that right. 
Well, Bashor just wants to help. So in that conversation, you know, they're talking about their kids who are going crazy. And you say, well, hey, man, raising kids is, is complicated. And I know you want to get that right. Well, Bashor, we just want to help. We just want to help. So come sit with me. Man, this is such a big deal to invest and invite people into these amazing environments that you've created. And the question today really is just this. The question we have to ask ourselves today is, are we going to use our extraordinary influence, our extraordinary influence to take advantage of this unprecedented opportunity? Will we be good stewards of this opportunity that we have to inspire more people than ever before to follow Jesus? Will we take advantage of it? And I say yes. For me, it's a, it's a, a loud yes. And for the staff and, and the leadership at Bayshore Community Church, we are saying yes. We are putting the pedal to the metal because we believe that there is an unprecedented opportunity and that, that God has given us uh, an extraordinary influence and positioned us strategically for this time and for this season. So the answer for us is yes. And at the end of the day, isn't it true that we're only doing what somebody has already done for us? Aren't you glad that somebody invited you? Aren't you glad that somebody invited you here? Aren't you glad that somebody invited you here more than once because you said no so many times? Or that they kept putting those stupid uh, little cards in your mailbox or underneath your door so many times, right? Or that somebody actually just came and stole your kids one Sunday and brought them to kids' church and they loved it so much that they ended up dragging you back in a couple weeks, and then you know what happens, right? You get here and you realize there's no snakes. We're not handling snakes or doing anything crazy. And most of the people here are actually pretty normal. And, and you know, like uh, you saw a baptism and it, and, it, and, it, and it messed you up. And then you're singing a worship song and you start crying. And right before you know it, you're wearing all kinds of Bayshore t-shirts and Bayshore hats and Bayshore memorabilia. And so aren't you glad? Aren't you so grateful that someone invited you? It's so simple. It's so simple. We invest. We invite. Life's complicated. I know you want to get it right. Bayshore just wants to help. Come sit with me. Come and sit with me. And here's why this is so important. This habit, this keystone habit that we're talking about, this habit of investing and inviting, it has the potential to affect so many other areas it has the, 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 the potential to impact how we serve on Sunday and how we serve during the week. It has the impact to, to uh, the opportunity, or uh, it could impact how we sing, right, during the worship services, and it could impact how we give. And most importantly, and what I believe is the most important thing it can impact is how we evaluate what we do here at Bayshore, how we evaluate it. And here's the thing. As long as we evaluate what we do here at Bayshore through the, uh, the eyes and the lens of people who are here for the first time, as long as we evaluate what we do through the eyes of people who have questions and who aren't sure about this God or this Jesus thing, as long as we evaluate with them in mind, as long as we evaluate through the eyes and ears of the people who have questions about the Bible, then we're going to get it right. We're going to get it right. But it's when we stop looking outwardly and we start turning inward and have an inward focus on what's good for us and what's best for me, and that's my seat, and I want to be comfortable. When we turn inward focused, we're done. 
We might be big, we might be pretty, we might look good, but if we change our outward focus from being a church that is for unchurched people and for reaching out to people who need Jesus, doesn't matter, we're done. It's over. And we have stopped walking with God and what he wants to do in the community, and we've stopped uh, being in sync with his spirit and what he wants to do in our communities. So we need to continue to be a place where unchurched people, people far from God, can be. Because who wouldn't want to be part of this? Who wouldn't want to be here in this environment? Who wouldn't want to be part of what you guys have helped create? The environments and the groups. And it's this one keystone habit, this one thing of investing and inviting. Investing and inviting to come sit with me. I can have all the difference and make the difference for somebody. So here's your assignment this week. Without doubt, what's going to happen is at some point this week, you're going to hear somebody talking uh, of the three knots, right? And maybe before the end of the day, you're going to hear somebody say something to that effect. And you're going to be remembering that we talked about this today. And we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit reminds you that when you hear somebody say that, that at that moment, you will be faced with the decision of whether or not you are going to invest and invite them. Whether or not you're going to lean in and you're going, to, you're going to tell them, hey, I know what you're going through is challenging. Um, and you want to get that right. And Basher wants to help. So come sit with me. Come sit with me. And so your assignment this week is to respond. To not back away, to not shy away, but to invest and invite. Because we've been given this extraordinary influence. And this unprecedented opportunity to change our communities and to change our region. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much uh, for your presence, Lord. And I thank you so much for, God, what you're doing in Bayshore Community Church. God, that, um, God, they're uh, such an amazing uh, history of what you've done here and what uh, these people have been able to accomplish, God. And I'm just believing for something amazing in the future, Lord, that the best is yet to come. And, Lord, we believe... Uh, that you have positioned us uh, to take advantage of our extraordinary influence that you've given us uh, to take advantage of this unprecedented opportunity. So give us boldness, give us uh, clarity in our speech and our thoughts, God, and give us the courage, uh, God, to invest, to invite, and to, to uh, just um, allow people to be part of this great thing that we call Bayshore Community Church. And so we thank you for what you're going to do, and uh, we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.